Good morning. Good to see all of you. Uh, in a way, um, I'm really encouraged by this local church for the work that God has been doing among the saints. I've been witnessing with all my own eyes. And uh, only God knows the joy that I have inside my heart and how encouraged I am to see everyone active in the work of God. Amen. And I'm also happy to see uh, my brothers and many people uh, coming back today. And uh, I'm really happy to see all of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless you all. Uh, <laughs> it is good to see all of you. So today we're going to spend some time. Um, I know you were so excited to hear Ben, uh, you know, and uh, we love him. And we like listening to Ben and the other by Caleb, and we, we know that. But don't worry, you will have him next week. <laughs> you will have him next week. But today there's this series of lessons that has been going on. And uh, uh, in, in, a, in a ways that the church should function according to the scripture, and so I came up with a thought and I asked my leader if I could share some uh, some thoughts that I had about that. And they say, you're good, go ahead. And I say, hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> and so today we'll be spending some time with sharing, talking about um, today, what I want to talk about, about unknown servants. Unknown servants. It sounds a little bit tricky, but we'll break it down and we'll get back to the topic. And by the time that we're done, we all will be connected by the grace of God. Yeah, it is good to be reminded that the church is one body with many members and each member in the body of Christ plays an important role. So there's no some sort of like downplay somebody, all the roles as a body is important. And so um, and so we what we're going to do today, we're going to we're going to start talking about um, in the Bible. Uh, we, we will now I will start talking about. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe I have to hold that stuff. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> Great. Um, what we're going to do today, um, we're going to start talking about people in the Bible who are not very well known, but they were still effective in the kingdom of God because of some simple things they did. And those one simple thing is called a big impact in the kingdom of God. So that's what we're going to be going on step by step. And we're going to talk about those people. And then, and after that, and then we will talk about how we are all called to serve in the body of Christ as a church, each member. And then after that, in our conclusion, um, uh, we will finish with a practical example that relates to some ways we can serve in the body of Christ. Amen? So in the Bible story in general, there are a lot of unknown servants, people, people like the woman in the first king. That woman, you know, she appears in one situation to provide the food to the prophet Elijah. First king, that's first king 17, verse 7 to 6. And this woman was a widow. She didn't have a husband. And she had a little boy. But she appeared on that situation just to provide the food and water to the prophet. And she's never seen again. We don't know. We don't know how she became a widow. We don't know how was the relationship with God. But all we know that she was useful on that specific time to provide food and water to the prophet. And uh, um, 
And uh, so, of course, you have a people like Melchizedek uh, in Genesis chapter 14, 18, and 20. Uh, Melchizedek, um, a priest of God most high. Uh, he appears in Genesis, he appears in, in that one certain time to bless him who was the processor of the promises of God, Abraham. And uh, to that point, from that point in time, we never heard from him anymore in the scripture, except in Hebrew, when the Hebrew writers refer to Jesus as a priest in the order of Melchizedek, who was a man of God, but he just appeared on that time and he's appeared, a non-evangelist, or a non-servant, as you might recall. Um, there's another guy I want to point you out in the story of the Bible. What about the priest of Midian? Do you know him? That's Moses' um, father-in-law, Jethro. Um, this guy here, he was a priest of God, but we never heard him about like, how he did that priest stuff and stuff like that. He just appeared in that sense to come and give a great device to Moses to elect the people that would work with him. And that device was so great and helpful in the kingdom of God and to help the people of Israel and uh, kind of alleviate the work of Moses. So you have all of that. And so, um, and so now, Ananias in the New Testament, that passage that Brother Leo just read for us, is just one of the unknown servants. Ananias appears in the text. Uh, Ananias um, appears in the text as, a, as a somebody like, you know, uh, as the Bible starts saying that there was a disciple in Damascus. That's where we start talking about him tonight. We never heard about him before. We never heard about him about the, when the Pentecost, uh, the, the Holy Spirit came down. We never heard about him about none of that. We just, from that chapter, chapter 9, there was a disciple. And so Ananias, Ananias never seen, uh, um, and, um, I mean, Ananias was a man of God. He appeared one time in the Bible and did one thing. And that one thing was very effective in the kingdom of God. And uh, Ananias, from that time, we never heard about him anymore. We never heard about him until when Paul mentioned in Acts chapter 2 and 22, when Paul said that he was a devoted Jew. And Paul tells his story of his salvation. And he said that Ananias was a man of God. That's the guy. That's the only time we hear him mentioned in the scripture. But here's something that we should learn about Ananias. Ananias did not judge Paul by his past sin when God called him. Of course, he asked a question. He's like, uh, uh, Lord, uh, oh, hang on. Uh, is this the guy? Yes, it is him. Uh, it is this guy who has been arresting people. Like, yes, he is him. But go. And one thing he did, he obeyed. And he went. He did not judge Paul by his past. He did not attack him for his sin. And Ananias did not let fear to stop him from obeying God, even though he knew that Paul was a dangerous man. But he still chose to obey God. Uh, he did not complain or envy Paul. I'll explain what I mean by that. Ananias was a man of God for a while, a long ago. Christian, and as Paul describing in Acts twenty-two. Um, that he was a devoted Jew, respected among the Jews in the law and was a man of God. He's definitely qualified to be the man that God will call, I'm going to send you. But God did not do that. God chose a killer to send somebody, you know, um, 
who is dangerous. Like God chooses Paul. And Ananias did not complain. God, why would you choose? Why not me? Why? But he didn't do that. All he did is obey God, his obedience and humility. He went to find the man. And Ananias did not let fear stop him or any, or any of those reasons to stop him from obeying God. Instead, he did this, verse 17. He finds a man, he lays his hand on him, he opens his eyes, the man now can see, and he called him, he used these words, brother Saul. And Ananias accepted Paul just like God did accept me. This is a man of God, a non-servant, by the way, that is not very known in the scripture, but he did one thing that was effective in the kingdom of God. Paul became so successful in the kingdom of God, he surpasses even the apostle that was before him because of this one thing that this one man did, a non-evangelist named Ananias, a non-servant, in my record. And uh, the other thing that I want to tell you about, Go back to Acts chapter 6. Uh, if you can open your Bible, Acts 6, beginning of verse 1. I'm just going to read the two verses. Um, Acts 6. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because of their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of the food. So the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. So here's the thing. There is this, um, you know, this is a faithful believer who dedicated themselves to serve table to such a number of people of Christians, you know, and these believers, we don't know who are they, we don't know their names. The Bible doesn't mention who are they, who was they. They even end up in trouble for saving tables. They devoted themselves to help the work of the apostles and the work that was being done in Jerusalem. Remember, this is some sort of a, a revival that's going on. The first sermon of, of Peter, three souls were, 3,000 souls was converted. And the second sermon, 4,000. We're talking about, or oh, 5,000. We're talking about 8,000 people. And the scripture says that the Lord was adding to the number day by day. That's a lot of people. And you have these faithful brothers devoted themselves to serve table, to help with the food, to work, and a non-servant that we don't know but they dedicated themselves to serve God in that way. And, uh, and, and of course, I believe they, by doing that, they made the work of the apostle a little bit easy, slight easy for doing that such a thing. So these are the people that we need in the church of God, unknown servants who are devoted to work and in the love and serving God in any way that we are called. Amen? Yeah. Um, I'll give you some other more. Acts 11. Turn with me, Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Beginning of verse 19, the 23. 
Acts 11, 19 to 23. So then, those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in the connection with the Stephen, made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, and speaking the word to no one except to the Jews alone. But uh, there were some of them, men of Cyprus, Cyprus and uh, Cyrene, who came to Enoch and began speaking uh, to, the, to the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And the large number who believed turned to the Lord. Um, the, the news about them reached the ears of the, the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Enoch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with a resolute heart and to remain to the Lord, to remain truth in the word of God. Amen. These are believers. The scriptures say believers that we don't know their names. Some persecution breaks up in Jerusalem. A person says, Stephen, get killed. You know that story. And disciples scattered. scattered. They went out preaching, speaking about Lord only to the Jews. But then some of those group or the group of those people that are now, this is not right. And I think we, we need to reach out to get somewhere else uh, to the Gentiles. And they went there, they start speaking word uh, and sharing word and reaching out to people who are not from the, we are not Jew, who are different from them. And start sharing them the Lord Jesus Christ. These believers did two things important. They reached out to strangers who were not Jew like them, and they shared Jesus to them. Um, yeah, did, did you see my point? Uh, what I'm trying to say, uh, you don't have to be a successful preacher. You don't have to be a full-time evangelist in a, world, in a way to share the word of Jesus Christ to somebody. You don't have to be a full-time uh, teacher or preacher to be effective in the kingdom of God. Any way that God calls that we are able to serve, call the neighbors and speak to them the way of God. Amen? Um, and, uh, you know, and I want to point you one more. Um, go, go to Acts 18. And we can go all night and then don't worry because I'm not going to tell you all that. There are a lot of non-evangelists and non-servants in the scripture doing simple things but being effective still in the kingdom of God. We don't know about them. They were just mentioned one, their names are not mentioned. There's a lot of people in the scripture like that. And so I'm gonna give you one more. Um, uh, Acts 18, beginning verse one. Acts 18, one and four, that's very short. Um, after these things, he left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, having recently come from uh, Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius has commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he came to them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they were working for by trade. They were tent makers. 
and he was reasoning in the synagogue and, uh, and every Sabbath and trying to pursue Jews and Greeks. This is Paul. Paul goes to, to Angel and he found this unknown, that I also call unknown servant, Priscilla and Aquila. We don't know a lot about them. Sometimes they made it, they're very mentioned a few times in the scripture, appear uh, like John joining with Paul in the mission and stuff like that, but they're not very known. Aquila and, and Priscilla, as you see in this text here, Aquila um, you know, and Priscilla, they welcomed Paul and hosted him in their home, and they joined him to work together in the tent business. And uh, and after that, Aquilas are also known um, as a couple who instructed Apollos, you know, and helped him to understand the way of the Lord in a more accurate way so that he can go and be effective in the kingdom of God. A non-servant, a non-servant. Aquila, Aquila and Priscilla, they were not so talented like Paul. They were not so blessed like Apollo, but they did one thing to be productive in the kingdom of God, to help the people so that they can go and be productive in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So that's the same idea. We are all called to serve. We are all called to serve. Sometimes I have seen believers in churches who think that if they don't have some sort of a specific calling, then they cannot, they cannot serve God. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever heard that? Um, I still have seen believers who think if they can't teach or preach, then they cannot be effective in the service to God. This is wrong. It's a problem. And, uh, and I also have seen a Christian craving to become a, a preacher or a Bible teacher or a song leader or a singer, Christian singer. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and they work hard to, to achieve those goals. Uh, so that because they want to be minister and minister in a way that is seen and not in a way that is unseen. They want to be known. They want to be seen. Because that's the way they think that they are part of the kingdom of God and they were working for God. But uh, it's wrong. Amen? Amen. And they go on pursuing this called, uh, so-called, uh, um, you know, ministry. Uh, because they want to be serving God in ways that are seen, uh, not in ways that are seen. By the way, when the Bible talks about the calling, when Ephesians talks about the calling, Ephesians is not talking about uh, it is not talking about some some specific chosen people by God or or minister uh, that was supposed to perform in a certain way. That's not what Ephesians is saying. The call for Ephesians is a call for salvation and the work worthy in the calling that God has called us. It is a salvation and living blameless and holy before the Lord himself. That's the calling that Ephesians talked about. Amen? And and so uh, it is good to know that uh, the truth is there is a lot of work to be done in the church of God, in, in, in the body of Christ. There is a lot of work to be done. And people don't even notice that sometimes. You know, people don't even know that God works in a way that we have no idea. God works in in ways that are unseen, like he, like the same way He works in the ways that are seen. The ways that we can see in the ways that are unseen, uh, and I explained to you, God works through preaching. 
God also works through teaching. God works through worship leaders. And he also works with the giver, encourager. Uh, um, and he also works with the counselor and those who practice hospitality and many other things that we can mention. God is working. God is working. Amen. Amen. Um, so it is all equal to God. In the work of a service to God, there's no ranking as what's more effective and what is less effective. God uses even small things to glorify his name. We work together as a body of Christ. We all members of the body. Now, don't get me confused. Don't get me confused because there are things that I consider to be a priority. There are things that I consider to be priority. Um, and, uh, you know, like in Acts chapter 6, that passage that we just read, if you read furthermore, you're going to see uh, that situation that arises with the disciples um, for the saving with the table and the widows, Hellenistic widow, uh, the Jews speaking Greek. Widows were being uh, neglected. And so the apostles say that it's not good for us to save terribles and leave the word of God. So we would devote ourselves to teaching and prayer. But uh, you select some people to do that work. So you see the point. Preaching, prayer is essential in the kingdom and the work of it because this is how this, this began in Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, the importance of serving tables, you can see on that passage, was not ne neglected. They selected seven guys to take care of that business. And so that's what it is. The work is still continuous. We have priority just like on your body. Your heart is more, uh, I think you might recall, there are certain things on your body that are more important than anything. I messed up my hair last week or uh, two weeks ago uh, and uh, and uh, I didn't have to see a doctor to fix that, you know. But if you mess up your heart uh, and, and you have to go see the doctor because it's a problem. Uh, and so that's what I'm saying. There are things in the body and the church and the, the work of God that are more important sitting to be more important. But that doesn't diminish the rest of the work because we all together working together. Amen. Um, so turn with me, First Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 17, we're going to start reading from verse 17 and verse 17 to 20, 1 Corinthians 17 to verse 20. If the whole body were an eye, where could the heart be? If the whole were here, where could the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desires. If they were all one member, where could the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you of you, or again the head to the to the to, uh, to the to the country. Um oh I'm sorry, or the head to the feet, I have no need of you. You see what Paul is saying here? It's a body. You cannot say it's a body with the many members, but it's still a body, it's not separate. 
which means like I need my hand, I need my my nose, I need everything to be cooperating together. And uh, it, it, you know, it is so important to understand that. Um, to use a Paul language here, what he's saying here, um, if the whole church were preachers, where would the fellowship be? If the whole church were teachers, where, where will the, the hospitality be? And many other things that we do together as a church, where would that be? And also the Bible said that now of you, not all of you has to become a preacher or teacher, whatever it is, uh, you know. So there is there is a way and other ways that we can serve. Amen. Now, how 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 you do that? How do we do that? We already read like you know different people, uh, and I'm just going to throw out the mini ideas just to let you think. Because I believe you're also going to come up with a lot of things that because there's a lot of work to be done in the, in, the, in the body of Christ. Now I'm going to throw out some ideas um, um, that I came up with and you should think about ways that we can serve as a church, as a body of Christ. Amen. Um, for example, welcoming people in your life. Welcome people. Be open. Welcome them in your life. Reach out to others, invite them to hang out, call them just to check on, check on them, text them to know how they, they, they've been doing, ask if they need something, you know? And I know that there's a COVID situation going on, be wise, be wise. Um, I know that, but uh, that doesn't neglect the work that God has called us to do, amen? Um, and, uh, you know, invite people to church. Invite people to meet someone you know can help them. If you feel like you cannot help them, invite someone you feel like can help them. Ask them how you can help them. Somebody said this in the Bible class and it was very powerful to me. And I loved it. And I still remember that, that, that thing all. Uh, help them. How can I help you? Ask them a question. How can I help you? Amen. Invite neighbor friends, church brothers, and sisters to pray together. Invite them to, to read the Bible together. I don't have to be a teacher or successful and talented or smart um, teacher, but we can just read the Bible and pray. And God's word has a power to change people. Amen. Amen. Volunteer to help. Volunteer to shop for brothers or sisters with disability or health problem. Volunteer to pick up a brother or sister who has a trouble getting to the church building on the Sundays because of transportation. Volunteer to help, volunteer to do something. Work for law, for the law. We are working, amen? Give thanks to God in prayer for the work you see him doing in the saints, in the local church, in Christians in believers' life, the life that you see how God is changing your brothers, your sister, how God is working, and you're witnessing that with your eyes. Give thanks to God in prayer for that such a powerful work He's doing. God is working. God is working. 
help and encourage, encourage and help and be obedient to the leaders that the Lord has blessed us with so that they can be more effective to the work they do. Offer to help. Offer to encourage them. Offer them to call and reach out, do something. Be there to back them up and encourage them in the Lord so that they can be more effective to the work they've been doing for the Lord. Be a giver. Encourage them. Encourage those who want to grow in the service to God. Instruct them in the faith. Give for the needs of the saints. Give for the work of evangelism. Volunteer to cook and give or go help out with the weekend outreach that Sister Latoria has been organizing. Now you can say, now I've been doing it. I know. I know you've been doing that. But uh, the scripture says, do not grow weary. Keep doing those things. And so it's good to be encouraged so that we keep doing and growing up because sometimes you might grow weary. And that's not good. Don't grow weary. We're heading to the right direction and keep moving forward. Keep moving. Let's go. Amen. Another way that you can be encouraged to your brothers and sisters, um, um, it is be sincere about your faith to the Lord. Be serious about your relationship with God. Now you might ask me a question like, and then Brother Nelson, how can that be encouraging? Well, there is a, I'm just going to give you some example about that. There is a woman. She died through the COVID situation. She was like a mother to me. Her name was Ida. She was a very faithful woman of God. Ida was known as a woman who would do simple things. And those simple things was really impactful to many brothers and sisters that I know, including myself. Um, and here's what she did. She, while in her old age, she had like really health problems situation, and she lived some blocks away from away from the church building. But oftentimes, usually somebody would pick her up, uh, drive her, get a ride from 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 home to the church building. But sometimes when she did not have a ride. She will come by herself, slow walking, health problem, until she gets to the building. Because, and that, that just one thing, to go to church, to be present. The presence, her presence matters a lot. So just when people, they saw him like coming with that sacrifice, it was a huge encouragement to the brothers and sisters. Amen. You believe that? Yes. You believe that your presence in the Bible studies, your presence in in uh, in um, summer summer camp that brother brother uh, Tony has been organizing, hang out with brothers and Bible study. The presence here in this building will be encouraging to many brothers, to all of us. Do you believe that? Sister Ida was known as a woman who will go with the preacher or Bible teacher to go with them, follow them when they're going to teach. You think that's encouraging? Do you think that helps when you decide to volunteer 
I'm like, hey, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going with you. When you decide to volunteer that one of those leaders was invited to preach somewhere and you say like, yeah, I want to go with you. You think that's encouraging? And that's the thing that I'm talking about. Small things, but God is working. And that's what I want you to think about as we finish here today. Um, think about those ways. Be productive and think about ways. Ask a question if you want, because we have a lot of work to do. Ask a question, that how, can I, how can I help? And, because, and we will open you the page. There's a lot. And, and so think about that. Amen? Think about that. So um, we finish. Um, ben is going gonna, is gonna to lead the song. And thank you for your time. And I love you. God bless.